0: We have Abraham as our father, for I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Therefore every tree which does not bear good Prophet, He was, Jesus said, the greatest, think about this, the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. And one of the reasons probably was because he was the foremost. It's kind of cool, though, you guys, because, you know, in a sense, all of us are prophets, whether you like it or not. If you're a Christian, then you are a prophet. You are a light. You have the key. You have God's word. And Jesus is coming maybe days, maybe weeks, maybe months. But he's just about to come. And you and I are to be like this man. of Scripture right here, and to be able, I I pray to glean from some of the things in the life of John the Baptist. You know, you're... it says right there in verse 1 that in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Now, this is about 30 years later, between chapter 2 and chapter 3. About 30 years later, this man Cathedral. It's over in Orange County. Picture that we have right here up on the screen, this is actually the Jordan River. And you know, this is a nice spot in the wilderness, and you know, God always gives streams in the desert, doesn't he? You know, John did have the water. I'll show you one of my favorite pictures, that one right there. I don't know if you guys can read that, but see what Christina has on her face. It says, Jesus Freak. I love that. And, you know, you see these people, man, and they, you know, yeah, they go to the football games. And have you ever seen them all painted up for their team? Well, this is what we need to be for Jesus. And this was John. Separated for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, one of the things that we see about John is he didn't look for or insist on the creature comforts of the world. You know, John the Baptist, he ended up in the desert between Judea and the Dead Sea. His home was the heat, like we've been experiencing lately. That's what John chose. It was one of the most terrible. devastation. And that was the cathedral of John the Baptist. And you know, it's a lesson for us all, I think, especially as prophets, because one of the distractions that we can not have in life is to look for the creature comforts, to look for the cathedrals, to look for the things that are most cozy. And you know, we're reminded once again, not to make our where does God want you to be? That's all that matters. For John the Baptist, it was in the wilderness of Judea. And God must have told John, I need you to go there. It's a wilderness, but there's something I want you to do when you go there. And what you're going to be end up doing God will call us to the difficulties of life. And whatever you do, don't back down, man. Don't run away from the calling of God on your life. You know, one last thing on the wilderness. I can't help but read the scriptures and know that that wilderness, you know, place, that wilderness experience is symbolic of the places that you and I might find ourselves in even today. You know, the difficulties, maybe even the times that we wish we didn't have. And so there's a strong possibility because of the age that they were that they had died when John was young. Uh, we don't know for sure, but there is a strong possibility that when he was just a young Bible says that the word of God came to John in the wilderness. And that will happen in our life. As we go through the difficulties, man, as we find ourselves in the first of all his cathedral not all that impressive and then we see secondly though his cry and the main thing that we see in John's cry is the word repent that was the message of the greatest prophet of the old testament that was the message of the forerunner of Jesus Christ the message of repentance and you know the main message of John the Baptist was just to talk our sin and to turn from any doubts and unbelief and to totally turn to God and to embrace him and believe in him and his blood and his power by faith. That was a message of John the Baptist. For us, you know, it's to do a 180, man. It's to do a complete U-turn in life. It's to not a christian yet what that means is god says you know let go of the sin let go of the drugs and the drinking and whatever it might be that might be holding you back let go of the doubt and you know you're willing to let go of that sin and you're then willing to embrace the lord and as you repent then you can receive jesus christ and then you can receive life it's applicable to the to blame other people, but maybe it's not them. Maybe it's me in my heart. You know, a lot of times I know I find myself struggling in areas and you're having difficulties maybe in ministry or maybe at church. Now, what do you want you know what we do sometimes you guys we it's like we have these uh i'll use i don't know fish as an example if you're a fisherman you might not like this as an illustration but you know you got a fish in your hand right and it's a stinky smelly we'll just say a catfish it's a you know scavenger fish man and you take the fish and you go to the sink over there and you and you wash your hands and then you put it in the other hand and you wash them and you're kind of washing the whole thing but then you come out of the fish in your hands. It's still there. And I think we do that. We ask God for forgiveness and we pray it as an entrance to every prayer. God forgive me of my sins. And yet we're still holding that dirty fishy, smelly thing in our hearts. You see, it's not God's fault that we keep stumbling in the same areas. It's our fault. And what the message is, is God says, listen, the key." coming. Jesus Christ really is coming, and we really need to repent and turn from all our sins, you guys. That was John's cry of repentance. It was the cry from the Creator. It was the cry for all Christians. And here we see John preaching repentance, and he brings it up again. We're going to see in verse 8, he brings it up again in verse 11. Later, if you look over at Matthew 17 From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, I read that scripture right there, and I think, Well, that's enough for me. If Jesus says, Repent, if that's the way He began His message, then that's enough for me. But later on, you read in Mark 6, verse 12, that all John and Jesus and all these guys told us to repent. Why? Well, back in Matthew 3, he says there in verse 2, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What happens if we don't repent? We're going to miss out on something. We're going to miss out. Because you know we try to come down on anybody. Not because we're all holier than thou. Not because we're legalistic or we Josephus tells us that there were actually some paved roads in those days, and they would pave the roads that were Solomon actually paved some as well that would lead up to Jerusalem. You know what they called those roads? They called them the King's Highway. And so what they would do is if the king was going to come into town, they would go through those paved roads, and if there was any potholes, you guys, you know, we drive through them sometimes, they would smooth them out. If there's any boulders said We see the cathedral here in the wilderness. It's a lesson for us. We see the cry, real simple, something prophesied in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 3, that uh, the Baptist would come and he would just say, real simple, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand Clothing of a prophet, according to Zechariah 13, verse 4. He was willing, to, again, to sacrifice things for the Savior. You know, this was actually a long. see, God hasn't called us to comfort. God's called us to consecration. Jesus Christ is coming. He really is. And you and I have the opportunities to be prophets in these last days. Here we see Jesus. say to the multitudes about John, what you go into the wilderness to see? Did you see a reed shaken by the wind? No. John was not shaken. You know, in- indeed, would you go to see? A man clothed in soft garments? No. Indeed, those who wear soft clothing, they're in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? You went to see a prophet. He was a prophet. And it was in where he He in the bodies, and then you can dip them in honey or ketchup if you want. But John the Baptist, that, that's where he was, man. I mean, I guess you—you you know, they'd probably be pretty crunchy and as you're there, you know, you look again at John, and what did he do? He, he ate what the poor people ate. The bottom line is this, you guys. He wasn't into clothing. He wasn't into food. He wasn't into the that you and I insist on, that we think, well, this will be the determining factor of where I go and what I do. It was nothing about that. He was just called by God to be a prophet. And, you know, we, I think, struggle in this area. I know many have disqualified themselves because of finances or because of clothing. I remember one prophet in the Old Testament, he was a man sitting under the teaching of Elisha. He saw so seven times. And as Naaman did that, he was healed of his leprosy. He went back to Elisha and he said, well, thank you so much. Let me give you some money for that. Let me give you some clothing for that. And Elisha said, no, I don't want any of that. I don't want the clothing. I don't want the money. I don't want all that stuff. And so, are you sure? Come on. And he's insisting. And most of us, you know, if you insist long enough, we'll take So Naaman, he left, and and what happened? Well, Gehazi saw the whole thing, and he's thinking, oh, man, what an opportunity to to get rich and to get clothing. And so he went, he followed this guy God said, I want you to go take care of business and come back. Don't eat with anybody. But he ended up eating. He ended up dying. He disobeyed God. And you know, basically, Americans. teacher put a shirt on your back. He'll put, you know, burritos in your tummy. He'll take care of you, but speak first the kingdom of God. Basically, it's all summed up in what this guy Lenski said. He said, it was a call to debt and he said you know uh, my wife and I in the world you're buff you're you know got no body fat or whatever but your heart might not be right what we're just sharing today you guys is that our heart needs to be right for the glory of god and we see all these things with john we see the cathedral we see the cry we see the clothing we see the cuisine and then we see the crowd there in verse five it says and then jerusalem and all so far away. Why? Because God was moving. Why? Because God was speaking. It had been 400 years since a prophet came with the word of the Lord. And they knew that saying even back then, that a church alive is thing we read there in verse 6 is the confession. It says, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan. Notice, confessing their sins. They're confessing their sins, and that's what it was all about. You know, God was giving him that message of repentance, saying, hey, these are the things that you've been doing. You know they're wrong. These are the things you haven't been doing. Hey, come on, let's get busy about God's business. And so you go, you're, you're real, you're hearing the word of the Lord. The Spirit of God is moving. It's not a that's where a lot of times I think we end up messing up, man, because we want everybody to think we're perfect or something, or, or maybe I know in my heart, maybe there might be pride, and I don't want to confess my sins, especially publicly, and yet whenever there's a revival going on, whenever the Spirit of God is really moving, people will begin to confess their sins, not just privately, but publicly. When the Spirit of God just what they were doing there. You look at church history, it was always like that. God, I, I haven't been seeking you as I should. I haven't been serving you as I should. God, I haven't been loving you. about There are areas in Shelley's life, obviously, that need consecration, just like there is in all of our lives. But the bottom line is, that's not how it works. Whatever you're struggling with at home, whatever you're struggling with, if you make an excuse, you're drinking. Oh, it's hereditary. Oh, that's an excuse. Or you blame someone else. My wife drove me to the bottle, or whatever it is. Or you hide it in, and you're just hiding it from everybody. Then you're not. Yeah, so-and-so needs... Doesn't it say that, well, therefore I need... It's like this heaviness on you. You know, maybe it's because we haven't confessed. That's what David was going through. He hadn't really come clean yet. That, that's what David was experiencing. He says, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. And then he stopped and thought about that so long. The drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I, I said, And I remember I used to have an argument with this one guy about this, you know, because the Bible says that God will forget your sins. Did you know that? God God will forget your sins; will remember them no more. And when I was a younger Christian, I used to tell him that's not what that means. That that means that God won't. sins will not prosper. You're not going to prosper if you cover your sins, but whoever sensitive thing, that, oh, whatever you do, don't offend people in church, because then they'll never come back. Well, John knew that you need to offend people. You need to kind of meddle with the middle a little bit in order for them to realize how much they need God. And so he was really... Viper is a venomous snake with two long, hollow fangs with which they strike. And what they do, what a viper does, and there's a picture of one right there. You guys can't see it that much, but that's what John was saying. They some might say, oh, how unlike Jesus John was. This guy's, you know, just awful. But you know what? The Lord called them the same thing. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, you brood of vipers. And that's what we see here. You know, and I know some of you here like snakes and you might Whether or not Pharisee so-and-so was a uh, man of God. Or whether or not Sadducee so-and-so. I mean, he's on the Supreme Court of the Jewish country. He's got all the robes. He knows the Bible by heart. He's a man of God. But he wasn't. to bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham Mistakenly, maybe was headed for hell. <laughs> oh, no, he doesn't belong here. He's one of mine. But, you know, one of the things the Lord says is that it's not the man's blood. You know, it's not your family blood. It's the blood of Christ. You see, that's what makes the difference. And so he shares a few things about clarification. Number one, about the fruit. And he says, that, you know, basically, really needs to be fruit. The Lord said in Matthew 7, verse 15, he says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree For. Have Abraham's blood is not enough. One day God's going to make the separation. We see the same thing in verse 12 that He takes the threshing floor and He takes the fork and He lifts everything up, and that which has substance, the wheat, falls to the to your heart today, I believe the Holy Spirit will do that, and He'll take these things that really need to be applied to your life, but here, right here as we end, this is by far the, the most important because John the Baptist was just there to do what? To point people to Jesus Christ. You know, a rumor had been spreading, hey, John, he's a great preacher. He didn't do any signs, no miracles whatsoever, but his word so the people started thinking, are you the Messiah? Are you the one we're supposed to be looking for? And John said, no way, Jose, I'm not the one. He said, absolutely not. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. And that would be the, you know, the job of a a lowest slave. He says, what I'm doing right here is I'm baptizing you guys in water. And I might be able to clean a little dirt off your body. Probably not. You know, I could dunk you. I could drown you. That's about all I can do. But Jesus will come in like wide awake, like like we had been awake for hours. He woke us up. So you says, I'm interested in serving in ministry. No, we have so many things that, that we're, we don't have enough servants in. You know, we, we want to start a, a junior high, but there's no teachers. We need more people in media ministry. We have some people